0: You are listening to The Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to The Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Michael Sherlock and don't be fooled by the name, the hair color or crazy shoes. Michael Sherlock is serious about business. She is dedicated to creating positive, productive and profitable workplaces and helping individuals and businesses unlock their ultimate potentials. Before launching her global training company, Shock Your Potential, Michael was vice president of US sales for two multinational medical device companies, responsible for net revenue exceeding 75 million and as many as 500 employees at a time.
1: 500, oh my God, Michael. Welcome to the mm-hmm. show. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I know. When when everybody talks about that 500, it just makes me think back and go, boy, that was a lot wow. of work.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of people, a lot of memes.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And Michael, do you want to add anything else about yourself?
1: You know, I, as I listen to you read it, if you know, as if, if if people are just listening, they're probably like, "Well, who's this guy?" And I always think it's <laughs> very fun when uh, I surprise people, and they they you know aren't sure that I'm a woman at first, or they're afraid to call me you know Michael because they don't want to offend me. But uh, no, I I think that's a great intro. I love I love what I do. I really um, enjoy working with people and businesses and helping them achieve their potential especially in the areas of leadership and that's that's kind of my core is you know how do we develop better and better leaders so that we continue to advance as individuals as cultures and as the world
0: yeah and well, i can tell you're a fun person so i cannot wait <laughs> to find out your stories
1: <laughs>
0: excellent <laughs> okay so taking it from the, from the top what is the biggest leadership success story you witnessed personally?
1: You know, it was fun to think about that question because I have so many and I've seen such great experiences, but one that really sticks out and I was just actually reliving this in the last couple of weeks because I've been taping all these lessons for my app that's coming up. And so I've been replaying different uh, scenarios in my mind, but I had a gal that worked for um, one of my clients long ago and some, my job at the time was um, to help medical practices do better, you know, so actually, you know, be more profitable, be healthier, you know, function at a higher level. And um, this one practice had a had a gal who'd been with them since the beginning, and she had been, you know, a really loyal employee. She'd always been a hard, hard worker, and had always had a really great um, attitude. But when, by the time I got there, She people did not like her, you know When I interviewed the staff to get to know know. them a little bit better well because she was she was always yelling at them And she was cranky and she was you know, so they were afraid of her and so I sat her down one day and I said you know, I I just don't know any other way to tell you this but You have a really bad reputation and my question is do you want to change it? And you know, there's a lot more to the story about how we got there, but You know, ultimately she, it really affected her, you know, that conversation. And she went home that night and she came back and she sat down in my office and said, I absolutely want to change it. I knew that I was, you know, not happy. And I knew that my personal life was, you know, really rolling over to my professional life and I wouldn't ever want to harm this practice. And from that point forward, she became the greatest leadership success story that I've ever seen because she, she owned it. She took it. She did the hard work to make herself better. And she didn't want to hear those things. She didn't want those to be real, but she knew it. Yes. And she made the choice to make herself a better person and a better leader.
0: And what kind of transformation incurred? Did she be next year? Was she the most popular employee in the company?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, whenever I would evaluate my employees or my clients' employees, you know, and do those performance reviews, I never. Like hardly ever give anyone an exceeds expectations. Because to me, you really have to knock my socks off to exceed my (laughs) expectations. And I think I worked with that practice, I think for three years. And from that point on every six months I would evaluate all the team and she was constantly exceeding my expectations because she Whoa. was growing and she was working and she, you know, she turned everything around and you know, the the value then that she brought that team and that practice was you, you couldn't even calculate it. And it You know, it was something that that really you could see it clearly, and people, you know, trusted her again, and they went to her. And employees that came along later that didn't know any of the backstory never even heard of it because the people just kind of forgot. They're like, oh, you know, so she was out of sorts for five or six years. (laughs) But now now (laughs) she is who she is. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) But, But I like, like, the power of giving honest feedback and having mm-hmm. you as the, as the leader, you have to give it. It's one of the things you have to do and have the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and also what's really empowering is also the people receiving the feedback was open to change and open to consider. Because if she was shot, she would mm-hmm. have like a shot mind. There's no way to, to do anything if you dismiss it like...
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I always call it having difficult conversations. I'm really comfortable telling people very directly, you know, where they stand with me or where, um, you know, where there's challenges. Because if I'm comfortable enough doing that, then I I believe they have an ability to change. And if I'm going to have that tough conversation, I expect them to change. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, when I would have difficult conversations with my teams, you know, they'd be really nervous about it. And I kept reminding them, look, if I don't, if I didn't believe in you, then we'd be working you out of this position. But the fact that I'm having this difficult conversation with you is because I know you're capable of it and I know you're capable of coming out on the other side. So it may be tough to hear but i really believe in you and each time that i did that with people you know they really excelled and and surprised themselves of what they could do
0: and and what other tips you would have like to to hold open tough conversations
1: you know it's really important that you get your your details straight before you sit down and talk to somebody so you have to spend some time reflecting and and being honest about a couple of things number one about you know where you think they're "Quote unquote, faults are. But then once you're done kind of laying that out as, an, as a leader yourself, you by nature need to reflect on your own behavior in there. And what I usually mean by that is training. So a lot of times if you have an underperforming uh, employee, it's not most of the time because they're just a poor employee. The m- majority of the time it's because you didn't train them well enough and you didn't give them the feedback along the way. I mean, they, you know, people can't read our minds. So yes. if if we've missed something along the way, I believe as leaders, we owe it to them first to try and figure out how we can fix it ourselves and then have those honest conversations. And when we do that, then it really, you know, it requires us to be introspective. And then if you're constantly doing that, you are constantly moving and changing and growing as a leader yourself. And your team deserves that.
0: Yeah and the, and that's true you have to change and you have to know how to work with the person that you're working with and it's individual it's person by person and mm-hmm. it's not that if, if I, I say this often enough if people show up to work they want to do the work it's yes. and it's your job to get them engaged and help them prosper and grow um yeah, and if they're not engaged so, they're not doing what they should be doing it's mostly the fault lies with you. <laughs> exactly. So that, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a tough conversation to have with yourself, What is the truth. <laughs> <Exactly>. It's like.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's absolutely it. And, and it's, you know, when you have that ability to self-reflect, you will always be a better leader because you are willing to grow and you're willing to have those moments where you cringe because you looked in the mirror at yourself and went, wow, I really let that person down. Yes.
0: yes. So, so true. okay
1: uh and when it
0: comes to the biggest leadership failure you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing
1: boy i there are so many there are so many (laughs) yeah i mean we have but i you know i kind of sum it up now like there's you know when i look at all those you know failures in my mind the the one thing i always come back to is kind of what we're talking about is when there's somebody in a leadership position who does not have currently the ability to reflect on themselves. And so they, you know, think, okay, I'm doing great. So therefore I don't need to do anything differently. And I, you know, people will adapt to me. And when I look at people that are like that, they really are so closed, but they create systems that don't allow anyone to grow. And, you know, to make it kind of as generic as possible, um, you know, I think of a couple different people um, from my past that I saw, you know, who would lash out, lash out at employees and lash out at team members. And yes. with the sense of, you know, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, are you stupid? Or, you know, using words that they uh, never want no, to use towards them. <laughs> yes. But the, most of the time, those people... Don't know how to A, you know, reflect, B, to, you know, get themselves out of a situation, but C, they don't know how to be the buffer between who they report to and who reports to them. And so I used to tell my leadership team, I'd say, look, it's really lonely at the top because if I'm doing my job right, you will never know the stress that I feel. I never, ever want you to see or feel my stress. But if it comes through, know that it must be a thousand times worse than what you're seeing. <laughs> because if I've <laughs> let it leak over, <laughs> then I'm really I'm losing inspiring. it on that level. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so if I say to you, look, this is really critically important, and I need you to change right now, know that I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying we need something right now. And, and I think that's, you know, ultimately to me is, you know, those leaders who don't, you know, have the ability to reflect, and they don't know how to be that buffer, they're constantly in a sense of panic about their own job, and so they create panic for other people in their job.
0: Yes. And from my point of view as a leader, your job is like, if, everything, if anything is going badly in your department and you're reporting to somebody above you, you take all the blame. There's no talking yep. like that person didn't do this, that the other person didn't do that. No, it's I didn't do it. I didn't make it happen. It's, you yes. take the, all the blame, you take all the kicks in the, in the ass uh, yep. and then you go smiling to your team and try to find <laughs> out and improve and see what's going on and uh, keep your eye on the ball maybe a little more and try to become better as a leader. With each kicking yes. you get, you, you, you have a chance, <laughs> it's an opportunity, each beating, <laughs> it's an opportunity exactly. to grow. <laughs> <laughs> so <And true. laughs> thank god that today you cannot in a professional setting get smacked or anything like that it's just words exactly or, uh, <laughs> they might bruise a little your ego but it's not something that you cannot heal
1: so true yeah a bruised ego is one thing and the ability to take that bruised ego and learn and grow really you know says wonders about you know what somebody what somebody is going to continue to evolve towards
0: yeah and that's why as you said it's important to be able to reflect on yourself on no, mm-hmm. oneself and see exactly because you're you're also getting feedback when you get like negative reviews or uh, you get chewed out you're basically you're mm-hmm. getting feedback it's not pleasant but it's open and it's tough yes. uh, and then you have you can take it as an opportunity to improve yourself as a leader or you can t- make it as an opportunity to vent on your team so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so true. So true. We're all in control of our own selves.
0: <laughs> yes. And that's important. That is important. And, Michael, when it comes to taking all your experiences, um, what would be your leadership philosophy?
1: You know, this has been really fun because it's actually the basis of my first book, which is called Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees. Yes, because I found um, when I reached that point, the first time I had 500 employees to be responsible for, um, you know, I made a huge jump. I'd gone from managing like, you know, 100 people to 500 people, and that's a huge jump. And now all of a sudden I'm managing, you know, managers who are managing lots of people. And I kept trying to solve all the problems. And, you know, as a leader, and the reason that I continued to evolve as a leader is I was really great at solving problems. So I was constantly solving problems. And one day I was realizing, well, with 500 people, I can't solve all of their problems. I need my leadership team (laughs) to solve their own problems. Exactly. But a lot of, But a lot of people as leaders are nervous about that. And so I found that, you know, when somebody would call me with a problem or an issue, I started instead of trying to solve it, I, you know, almost had to like stick my, you know, hand with a fork or something and say, okay, don't answer it, don't solve it. And I'd say, tell me more, tell me more about this issue. And I'd keep asking variations of tell me more until that person has done what I call unpack, they've unpacked the issue. Because, you know, if you've ever sat on a suitcase that's so full because you're trying to sit on it to zip it up, you know, at some point in time, if you can't zip it up, you have to open it up, take everything out, decide, you know, do I just repack it? Do I leave some stuff home? Do I take two suitcases? And so by asking, tell me more. You're helping people to unpack their challenge. And usually, 95% of the time, by the time they get it all unpacked, all I'd have to say is, you know, that's really interesting. What do you think you should do? Or what do you think the solution is? And most of the time, they'd have the answer. And if they didn't, I could help them. Um, Or if they had the complete wrong answer, I could help re-guide them. But most of the time, they got there on their own which builds that and I could say, great, you know what? That's a wonderful idea. I think that's perfect. Why don't you go implement that? Let me know if I can help. Let me know if you have any challenges. And it gives them a sense of, wow, she believes in me. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) they can do it. You know, so you then begin to trust people more. And as you build that trust, you start to get more because people do more and they do it. They do more successfully.
0: And that's so crucial, especially when you move like to a higher level of leader, in a higher position, it's not mm-hmm. because there are people in higher position, unfortunately, that aren't leaders, but that's another mm-hmm. discussion. <laughs> but when you Could move Be a whole like, other to, podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, when you move like to, uh, uh, when you have a lot, a big team under you, you realize you cannot solve all the problems. And mm-hmm. that's why I found like, from my personal experience, I found it necessary to have a discussion with each individual member. I said, look, my door is open. You can come to me with whatever problem, whatever idea, mm-hmm. whatever you want to discuss, come to me. But especially when you have a problem, I want you to also come with a solution attached to that problem. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the correct solution, the best solution. Right. I just want to see that you've invested some time thinking about it because I don't want to be your personal Google. And funny enough, mm-hmm. most of the so- some of the solutions, especially the technical problems, there were one Google search away. And I, I was just basically, run the search, put it in an email here, use this. And I said, I, <laughs> I, I was getting burned out by sending emails with Google searches, <laughs> basically. Okay. And I said, no, there has to be a better way to to do this. And that's why I said, and and it even, it helped them because they started thinking and they would come like less with problems to me because they... Mm-hmm. They learn how to be independent and autonomous, mm-hmm. which is important Absolutely. to have in your team.
1: And that's that's exactly what I found too, is that you know, when they did come to me, most of the time then they were coming saying, Okay, Michael, I had this problem. This is how I thought through it, this is what I thought the solution was, this yes. is what I tried, here's what worked, here's what didn't. I don't know what to do next. And so at that point we were collaborating. Yeah, and exactly. to your point, I love that line. I don't want to be your first Google search. Is that's yes. perfect. Because by the time they got to me, they had either worked through it and tried it, or I knew that they didn't have a direction and they were really, you know, really needed yes. my help. In which case, yeah, I could just say, hey, I completely understand. Let's let's try and tackle this together. And so they didn't feel like they had to be on their own, but I knew they weren't coming to me for that first Google search. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to steal that line. I love it. <laughs>
0: okay. You can use it. You can use it as much as you want. <laughs> And Michael, for aspiring leaders, what would be your top leadership tips you would have for them?
1: Yeah, you know, we've probably talked about variations of it, but the number one is look in the mirror. And I a lot of times when I'm speaking, I put my hand up and I say, I know you may not have a mirror with you, but you always have a hand. Pretend it's your mirror. And as a leader, take time to reflect in that mirror every single day, because that's going to teach you whether you're on track or not. But the second thing is, do you know what you want to be known for? And if you don't, spend some time. Like, what words do you want people to use about you when you're not in the room and And the question you have to ask, and part of that mirror is, are they using those words? Because if they're not, then you have some work to do. And if they are, great, you know, kind of what's the next level? And so the evolution of that number three is work on yourself constantly Because if you're always Mm -hmm. reflecting, you know what you want to be known for, then you will constantly work to make sure that that is how you are seen and perceived. And I usually talk about it like, you know, I have fun when I'm on a stage and I'll have my back turned to the audience and I'll say, you know, what do people say about you behind your back? And I'm not asking that question to say, you know, who's, you know, whispering in the dark about you, but. If they are saying things that you don't want to be associated with, and you want to be known as the dependable person or the the thought leader or you know the go getter or the achiever, but they're saying things you know that aren't those words, then constantly evaluating how to work on yourself and get yourself to that level, you will constantly evolve.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's in a sense, it's like um, branding yourself as a leader. Yeah. And- Mm-hmm. What are the top uh, keywords you want associated with you?
1: <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yeah, I call it got brand, you know. Do you have, do you have a brand? Do you know what your brand is because your personal brand is ha- what you're known for.
0: And it's important. It's important to to promote a brand, but it's not don't go overboard and protect your brand to the point to the detriment of your team. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great point because you've got to be in it to get your team somewhere just beyond, you know, where they are today. It can't only be about you. Great. Yeah. Great point.
0: Yes. And since you, tip number three is always working on yourself, constantly improving, what is the book that had the most profound impact on you?
1: You know, so many, I love to read. I'm a voracious reader, which is also why I'm like, I like to write books too, but My my favorite one that I keep coming back to is by John Maxwell, and it's called How Successful People Lead, and it's a really small book, Um, and I think I've bought it probably six times. And the reason I buy it is that I'm one of those people who you know like reads and highlights and underlines and tabs pages, and I have I think I've purchased it six times throughout my career. And one of the things that what he does in this is he talks about the five levels of leadership in his view, and I. I recommend Mm -hmm. this book all the time because the first, you know, the first one is like, are you a leader just because of your title? Do people follow you because they have to? And it evolves up to where people follow you because they want to, they follow you because you've done other things. They follow you because you've changed organizations. You've changed them. Uh, You know, they follow you because you invested in them. And I think to me, it's always something that I come back to and say, am I still living these principles? Because if you have, Maybe you've even gotten your whole team to the point where they will follow you up a hill because of all you've done for them and all you've done for the company, but you hire somebody brand new tomorrow. You're back at stage one with that person because they don't know you. They are following you because they have to. And so that's where I always feel like this reminder of evolution is constantly evaluating. Do people see me where I want them to see me? And am I taking them along to that journey so that they follow me because of what I'm doing for them, for the organization, you know, results driven, whatever it is, because whenever, whenever you start with one brand new person, you always start at the beginning.
0: And that's, and that's a powerful thing to realize as, as a leader is, if you're working with the same team, it's easy to get sucked in and say, oh, I'm such a great leader. Yes. Is going to be, but they know you, they know exactly. Uh, there's trust and there's the whole backlog of relationship building going on. But when you get a new person inside the team, especially in the first 30 days, you really have to work closely with that person to integrate Absolutely. that person in the team, get to know them, they get to know you. Uh, if not... Uh, it, it's really easy to spoil an apple, a new, brand mm-hmm. new, shiny apple. It gets spoiled and then it spoils the rest of the team. And <laughs> pretty soon you're wondering so why, why? What's happening? <laughs> it used to be it's great so and thrilled. then.
1: And it's, you know, you think about what's happening right now, even with, you know, this pandemic and, you know, the long-term repercussions of working from re- working remotely. Yes. Um, and, I mean, I've worked remotely most of my career, but I've always had a headquarters to go to, you know, unless I was running my own business. But we're going to see a long term, you know, transition of a lot of people working remotely, how you build that sense of team and how you build that sense of commitment um, to a company, a vision, a team, an idea is, is going to really evolve. And that's where I think leaders today are going to face a great opportunity, um, but it's going to be challenging without a doubt. How do, we, how do we make sure that we can cross that um, chasm? that yes. we used to be able to cross more easily when we could be physically together more often.
0: And Michael, do you have some tips on how to lead remotely?
1: Well, yeah, I you know, I think it it comes down to, you know, face to face as much as you can. Um, but also uh, one of the things that I've been doing. So I have an actual completely remote team. My team is actually in Kenya. <laughs> so Kenya. I have three I have three <laughs> I know I have three, uh, three full-time team members that are in Kenya. And so we've got, you know, at sometimes a seven hour difference, if I'm somewhere else in the country, a 10 hour difference, you know, so yes. we've got time differences, we've got physical distances, um, sometimes some language, you know, issues. Um, so what I try and do, well, I, I have constant, you know, we have regular set meetings, we have regular ways that we communicate, but whenever I'm trying to teach something like for instance, we're putting this app together right now, or you know, when the person who's yes. running my podcast, and I know we're we're changing platforms, and there's new things to be learned. I immediately hop on Zoom, hit record, and I will talk to my team person and, and show them on the screen, okay, now let me tell you, this is, here's where you go for this, and here's where it is in Dropbox, and, and I send them the recording so that they can watch it over and over again, and then I'll always say, if you have questions, let me know because I may have missed something. And at least that way, they're also seeing me. And, you know, they're hearing me and we're, we're connected. Sometimes my hair's sticking straight up and I have a baseball cap on, you know, whatever. But I think they appreciate that too. I'm not always, you know, made up and ready to go. Um, But it's that sense of still saying, hey, if you need something from me right now, I'm going to give it to you right now, but I'm also going to try and make sure you can see me and hear me and not just have this be something we communicate through email or text um, in fact, one other thing is uh, we are all connected on um, WhatsApp, so I will send them voice messages like, hey, nice. great job, Lorna. I love the posts that you just put up on, on Twitter. That's fantastic. You're rocking it. So that I'm not just texting it. I'm infusing the sound of my voice, the, you know, the expressions of my face, so that people will feel a human connection. And I think that's really going to be important, especially for yeah, people who've never managed remotely.
0: Exactly, it is. And I love the idea that you're recording like when you're doing trainings. So basically Mm -hmm. you're building a knowledge base for your team that they can reference again and again.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I like it. And Michael, (laughs) if people want to find out more about you and the awesome stuff you're doing, where should they go?
1: Well, definitely go to shockyourpotential.com. So that's our main website. On there you'll find the links to um, our podcast um, we have a Shock Your Potential YouTube channel. We just transitioned it from my name over to Shock Your Potential, so we're building a lot there. Um, but what I'm most excited about is we are launching, in fact, we're going to submit it uh, on Monday for approval from Google and Apple. We're submitting our um, train on-demand training app for leadership and sales professionals. So I have a variety of, you know, 10 to 30-minute sessions where I'm talking about how do you have a difficult conversation? Which is, you know, and I go into that story that I told you just briefly a lot more in depth with that, uh, with that lady. Um, You know, I have all these little mini sessions, I have uh, interviews with some really great leaders, and I have um, industry spotlights where I'm, you know, going in and basically secret shopping different kinds of businesses and talking about how they're exceeding customer expectations. So Uh, And I have a coaching corner. So I'm taking questions from people that are like, I don't know how to do this. So we're doing those all without names or, you know, uh, video in it. But um, yeah, they're just really fun. So I'm really, really excited about the launch of this. This is, this is uh, to me, probably the culmination of, of all the things that I've done in my career, pulling it all together for this. So it's going to be really dynamic.
0: Yes. And I'm going to put links in the show notes. To your website Yay. and even your books. Uh, and also, I highly recommend you get uh, Michael's application and go through all the stuff, she, all the wonderful stuff she has in it. I'm sure you're going to <laughs> be a you. better leader due to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I had lots Thank of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.